This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, April 7, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. Presidential candidate Donald Trump has regularly pledged to compel Mexico to pay for much of a proposed wall across the U.S.-Mexico border. Now he wants to ban remittances from workers in the U.S. back to their families there. Alex Narasta, policy analyst at the Cato Institute, says it won't work. Donald Trump has at least indicated uh, parts of his plan to compel Mexico to pay for some portion of the wall he wants to build and goes day by day in essentially, here's what's going to happen. We're going to put up this, well, (laughs) here's what's going to happen. We're going to say, hey, you need to do this. Day two, this happens. Day three, this happens. And um, he's also indicated that he would ban remittances, that is, workers in the United States sending uh, their wages or much of their wages to their families in Mexico. Yeah, he wants to specifically stop illegal immigrant Mexicans from sending money back to their family in Mexico. And just to give you a perspective, uh, the total remittances from the U.S. to Mexico are about $25 billion a year in money sent back. So it's a substantial amount of money going back to these folks. Not not all of that is coming from illegal immigrants. We don't really know what percentage of that is coming from illegal immigrants, but it's likely a large part of it is. Okay. So this includes legal and illegal immigrants to the United States. So if you don't want like illegal immigration, um, that seems like a good idea. Uh, financial privacy be damned. Financial, yes, financial privacy be damned. Uh, It does seem like a good idea if you don't like uh, immigrants and you want to punish illegal immigrants. It's also not going to work. On day one, this puts in place, it'll stop remittances. By day two, people will figure out how to send money home by other ways, by, for instance, getting American citizens to send money back to random people in Mexico, by sending the money to people in third countries that will then send it back to Mexico, by buying goods and sending them to family members in Mexico that they can then sell, uh, which was an old way to get around currency restrictions all over the world, or by using the well-established black market links in the drug trade to send money back home, sometimes literally on the backs of people going through the desert. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about that, but it makes perfect sense that the illegal elements that operate across the U.S. border would find a new market in assisting people in sending money home. There is six to seven million illegal Mexican immigrants in the United States. I find it extremely unlikely that they will follow a new set of detailed financial regulations designed to stop them from sending money home now that they've come into the U.S. without permission. What is the likely impact from uh, Mexico being told not only you're going to pay for this wall, but uh, you know th- these billions of dollars just won't be coming back to people in your country? Well, I think it's a disconnect. The Mexican government would have really no reason to they wouldn't be held the ones held up by this. I mean, a lot of Mexicans would suffer because they wouldn't be able to get money, individual Mexicans. But that doesn't mean that the Mexican government will suddenly jump to and do then what the U.S. government wants them to do. In fact, the Mexican government has a contentious relationship with remittances being sent abroad. It decreases the reliance of local communities on the Mexican federal government for support. 
So they have a bad relationship with that. It's not like they necessarily are, are happy about all the remittances getting sent back home. It would be if uh, it would be as if I am Donald Trump and you're a poor Mexican living in the interior of Mexico, relying on remittances, and me holding you up in an attempt to get another third party to do something on my behalf. It's just not a clear. It's not clear why they would do that. You say there's a somewhat of a historical parallel here. So what is it and how did it work out? In the mid-50s, the U.S. had a guest worker agreement with Mexico, whereby Mex- Mexicans could come up here and work. The Mexican government regulated on their side. We regulated it on our side. Uh, and what happened was the Mexican government was holding up these negotiations to renew the program in 1954. So the Eisenhower administration just said, OK, any Mexican who comes here can get a job. We'll give them a work permit. We don't care what the Mexican government says. So there was this huge flood of farm workers. You had scenes at the border where the Border Patrol were helping Mexicans to come into the U.S., and the Mexican army was trying to stop them from doing so. So the Mexican government responded by trying to block Mexicans from going to the U.S. So the, the lesson of that is if the U.S. has some kind of leverage on the Mexican government, it can maybe get them to participate in enforcement. But otherwise, there's no reason why they would want to cooperate with U.S. enforcement uh, authorities. So a good relationship is the best one to uh, get proper enforcement. If you want to cooperate with a foreign government, uh, threatening them and trying to hold them hostage is not the best way to get them to do so. As we've said uh, on numerous podcasts in the past, uh, some of the data you've looked at indicates that the best way to keep uh, illegal immigrants out of the United States would be to wreck the economy. That's true. Uh, the, the, the times in U.S. history when the fewest number of people come here legally or illegally is when the economy is doing very poorly. Uh, the corollary to that is if the rest of the world's economy is doing a lot worse than ours, then more people will try to come here just because it's relatively better. If we wreck Mexico's economy by decreasing the remittances that go there, then uh, there could be a surge of people who want to come here and work illegally, which I assume is the opposite of what Donald Trump wants to accomplish. Alex Narasta is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and with Cato's iOS app. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.